This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up? What's up? WOMED fam. Happy Friday. I hope you are so excited for this episode. I love talking about skincare, derm. It's one of the things that I get so many questions on and our guest today does as well. Her name is Vanna Padilla. She is a friend of mine here in Nashville. You might know her on Instagram, but if you don't, you should definitely go and follow her. Jack is in Scotland. We're still having some issues with some Wi-Fi there, so I decided to take this episode on a little bit more solo today. Uh, but before I say um again, how about we dig on in? Well, today on The Woman, I'm so happy. I have my friend and we're not co-workers. We're like, what, what's the word for, you know, you work in the same field? Yield. Colleagues. 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 You there we it. go. I got there. Work colleagues. Mm-hmm. So today we have my amazing work colleague, Vanna Padilla. She works, uh, well, she lives down in Franklin, uh, which is just about like 20 minutes south of me mm-hmm. in Nashville. So yeah. uh, we haven't had an in-person chat on the podcast in a while. So this is really fun for me. I'm excited to have you here. I know. It's so fun. And you're, it's so cozy in here. It's a perfect <laughs> place to do a pod. Oh, good. I love that. Jack and I really want to have like a podcasting studio at mm-hmm. some point and we just want it to be really cozy and she's said the same thing to you know anyone that comes here and i i love that i've curated a home that feels really cozy for people to yeah. sit in and so, it's like just french chatting versus yeah. like being in a you know intimidating studio so and this yeah. is actually my first like in person pod recording so that's exciting too <gasps> Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, we were actually just talking because you were just on uh, Friends of Fans. Or fr- but I always mess that up because alliteration is not <laughs> always my strong point. But Friends of Friends. So you guys might remember our podcast episode with Christian Friends. Um, and he is... Uh, Sweetest soul. Yeah, we can't stop gushing about him. So I love him. He's probably listening. Friends, we love you. We love you so much. We wish you were here on the couch with us. (laughs) For sure. So I don't know about you, but I know my DMs are like always filled 
with nurses who are just struggling right now. They are looking for any sort of career pathway to get out of the hospital, um, get into aesthetics, get into derm. But I feel like there's kind of like a like a misconception around because like aesthetic nursing is very different from being like a derm NP. But as a derm, you can also like you can do Botox, you can do fillers, mm-hmm. you can do all that stuff. Right. But like I would not consider myself a derm. I'm just like a a nurse injector. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that it's a really common misconception. So when I tell people, oh, I'm in the field of dermatology as a nurse practitioner, the, the first comment is always, oh, okay, so like Botox and fillers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that as an extended provider under a collaborating or if you're like in an independent state where you can practice independently as an NP, you can diagnose, prescribe, treat without a collaborating physician. But then also in derm, you know, there's the medical side, there is the cosmetic side, which is super fun. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the surgical side too, where we perform surgical excisions on skin cancers, cysts. So there's a plethora of things with dermatology, but it is funny because a lot of people just assume it's just injecting or cosmetics or Mm -hmm. lasers. Yeah. Now you did not go to school to be like a derm NP. You still had to do like the family nurse practitioner route, correct? Correct. So there's only certain specialties in NP school. Mm -hmm. So to my knowledge, I think it's family nurse practitioner, acute, um, and then adult GRO, women's health. And then there is actually neonatal. We were both in, remember we were both in the NICU. Um, So we connected over that because I did start my career as an RN in the NICU. But as far as family goes, for family nurse practitioner, I am board certified as a family nurse practitioner. And there are several different specialties that you can specialize in NP. But I chose this because it gave me the ability to see patients from infancy to adulthood in, mm-hmm. in dermatology. So it was the best fit for wanting to go into the specialty of dermatology. That's so cool. I really didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. I, so what does your patient population consist of then? Primarily. So I do see pediatrics. I wouldn't say I see infants all the time, but it's mm-hmm. not uncommon. Um, so I see anywhere from infancy to um, geriatric patients. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I actually just had a friend of mine reach out and she's got like a three month old at home and her belly's just been super distended, but she like developed this like really bad rash oh, with no. it on her back and it looked it looked like a hives type situation. Yeah. So like she was seeing her provider and they're like, oh, well, it's um, it's a dairy allergy. Oh, it's like a gluten allergy. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And I was like, well, I mean, that belly looks really distended. I mean, like they should probably do an x-ray too. And she's yeah. like, they haven't even done that yet. But I didn't think about the fact that you could be seeing like infants and stuff too for different like allergic reactions or, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. That's very cool. Yeah, for sure. And in, in, in that case, even if there is a skin component, we would try to treat the skin component. But if there's other things like imaging that needs to be done, we can mm-hmm. order those things. And then if it proves that it needs to be a different specialty taking mm-hmm. care of it, then we just refer out as well. So we get a lot of referrals and then we can give referrals. It just depends on what's going on. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So now I, I feel like we did tear out about this, like when we <laughs> like met and hung up. But um, for everyone else, how did you kind of 
find your way into Derm after um, going to school to be an FNP. Because mm-hmm. I know Jax told me before, too, she's like, yeah, we spent like two weeks on rashes and like yeah. that was it. Mm-hmm. So I actually worked in the field of dermatology while I was getting my master's mm-hmm. in nursing. Mm-hmm. So it's I kind of went into it knowing I would ultimately be in derm. So I got, obtained my RN, my bachelor's, and I worked in the NICU. And then I went to relocate from Birmingham, Alabama to be in Nashville with my husband. And who wasn't my husband at the time. I was like, disclaimer there. <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. Small note. <laughs> but... So I came and I applied for NICU positions. And Mm -hmm. then there were also positions out there for actually a medical assistant in dermatology. And in my mind, a light bulb kind of went off because it was like I knew eventually I wanted to be a provider in dermatology potentially. Mm -hmm. So you to get my foot in the door, I started as an RN at at my dermatology practice and then obtained my master's while I actually was working there in the end goal of assuming the role of provider in dermatology. That's so cool. Yeah. I tell a lot of people um, and like nurses and like nursing students and stuff who have been reaching out to me. They're like, how do I get in? How do I get into this? I want to go right from nursing school into this. And I'm like, I'm wondering how you kind of feel about that because in my, this is like the one thing that I feel like I'll tell people um, not to go right into Mm -hmm. because there are so many things that can go wrong Mm -hmm. and you have to know how to manage a patient first and like the aesthetic component second. Mm -hmm. I think that I I totally agree with that because I think how I could really navigate my way around a patient, things like that, because I had previous experience in an ICU setting, in an acute care setting. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you necessarily have to do that, but every knowledge is power. Knowledge that you, No one can take your knowledge away from you. Right. So getting those experiences in direct patient care, it's only going to benefit you in the long run. And you know, even people that want to go directly into an extended provider role like NP or PA, I mean, there's a reason that they want you to have at least a few years experience at the bedside. Yes. Um, That's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's it's not for me anymore either. But I do think that it's important to have that experience just so it adds to your set of skills. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I was like, oh, God, what if you're like, no, fuck that. Go right into it. I'll be like, (laughs) I mean, at this point, I am like, screw the bedside because, I mean, there's the burnout is real. And I don't think that, you know, we need the people that are in aesthetics or derm Mm -hmm. or in an outpatient or office setting. But also, I think it does contribute. Would I ever go back? No. No, I've never go back to the bedside. Never go back. No. But. It's it's only going to help you. And then, you know, I get a lot of questions about how to, you know, and I know you do, too, about how to get into doing what we're doing. And it's like mm-hmm. you've got to get your foot in the door somehow. So if yeah. you take a position that's not even what you're wanting ultimately, like I took an MA position as an RN yeah. with the end goal of me becoming a dermatology provider. It's mm-hmm. like get in there. Show them who you are, your work ethic, you know, your yeah. adaptability, things like that. and you'll have an end goal, but it may take a little bit longer to get there, you know? Yeah. I've had a couple of people even, they're graduating from nursing school and they've put in for like receptionist work and stuff like that too. exactly. So um, anything to just sort of 
show that like this is the field that you might ultimately want to be in. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like this is what my work ethic is. This Mm -hmm. is how I want to show up in this field Mm -hmm. and and start learning. Right. And like and to your point of it's not all pretty and fun. Like Mm -hmm. aesthetics, especially when you're injecting, if you don't know that anatomy, if you don't know how to acutely triage things like an occlusion. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have that experience in acute care at the bedside it's it's only going to help you because a lot of people don't realize the things that can go wrong even solely in aesthetics yeah and they can be major major complications Mm -hmm. um you could lose (laughs) a nose (laughs) yeah you could you could lose a nose you you could you could literally have your skin become necrotic due to vascular occlusions. Mm-hmm. I have there's so much out there on social media. There's so much information, and it's like the people that come to me and they're like, "Oh, I want that, you know, the nasal tip to be elevated. I want you to inject my nose." I'll mm-hmm. say, "You know, I I can do that, but just to educate you here, you have so many vascularities within your nose. Mm-hmm. When I inject your nose, here's here's the risk. Number one." necrosis number two blindness blind, blind. and i'm like i'm not saying this to deter you and for you totally not to do it but you you fully need to be educated and know and then i'll have people come to me from other injectors they're like oh i've gotten that done before and no one's ever told me that yeah i get that all the time and then all it makes the me look bad because they're like you're being traumatic well no like i'll usually sit down and and i think that's why that's part of why nurses and like nps make such good injectors make such good uh resources in um the aesthetic field mm-hmm. is because we a have spent time doing discharge teaching mm-hmm. and um just like we are the like bedside educators mm-hmm. we are the ones that break down everything that your that you're going through, what procedures you're going to have. And we do that in a way that you can actually understand what you're doing, the risks, benefits, all that stuff. So, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Like I, I have patients sit down and do that all the time. They're like, but it also brings an element of trust Mm -hmm. that they start having in you because A, you've taken that time, B, it shows that you know your shit Mm -hmm. and they're more comfortable. They're, right. they're more willing to trust you when you're like, hey, listen, I know you want your lips done. Mm-hmm. We need to dissolve those before we can actually actually give you like a proper lip. And I and I think that more and more people are going to appreciate that. And you are going to have that patient that gets pissed at you. And it's like, just do what I want you to do. And you will have those injectors that will just take the money and mm-hmm. keep injecting them. And mm-hmm. I think that's unethical. So I personally would want to go to an injector, a provider that would just sit down and have a really good patient provider relationship and Mm -hmm. say, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. This is not in your best interest. This is what we need to do. And then they can take it or leave it. But ultimately, your name is on that. Your name is on that work. So you have to be careful about it, too. Mm -hmm. Because if they post a like selfie of themselves and... They're like, oh, yeah, Ben at the NP just did my lips. And you're like, oh, my what God, take that shit down, bitch. Can you take the filter off? Can you not face tune it? Because yes. that makes my injection skills look awful. Right. Right. There's a reason why when we post things, we post them in the raw and we do not edit them. Yeah. Yeah, but then you see people that do edit them and you're thinking, there's no way that they got that result from solely from injections. So, no. I mean, it can go both ways. Yeah, yeah, fair, very fair. But 
also, you know, in the in the Derman P route, like you were talking about, it's cancer screenings, it's cancer removal, it's cyst removal, or, you know, like major extractions and stuff like that. It's like Dr. Pimple Popper shit. I, I can't tell you. I think because we look alike too. Anytime oh, I walk oh in the door. Oh my God. Do people say that to you? All the time. They're like, oh, I know what you're doing because I watch Dr. Pimple Popper. I'm like, okay, if I had a dime for every time I heard mm-hmm. that. I'd be really rich and could retire early, but um, <laughs> it is. It's so when you think about dermatology, you think about the integumentary system. So that's anything hair, skin, and nails, mm-hmm. and people don't realize that. So I treat anything from you know if it involves the skin, hair, nails, a rash, hair loss, psoriasis, autoimmune conditions. If mm-hmm. if it is a systemic autoimmune condition, we'll refer out to you know uh, rheumatology, but there's so many things that people don't realize, but if you just think anything that involves the skin, hair, or nails, it's likely going to be derm that treats it. Yeah. So you did all of that sort of like education at the at the bedside then after, or did or because they don't have like an extended they course or they, anything like that. Right. They do have. There is now. So for physician associates, you can go through the SDPA and get an extra certification for dermatology. Okay. Um, nurse practitioners have that option as well. I believe it's through AANP um, okay. boards. And you can certify in the specialty, specialty of dermatology. But how all of our extendeds are trained is with our collaborating physician. We do a didactic portion. Um, and then we do clinic with her. We also do a lot of surgical closures like Mohs closures. So it's mm-hmm. really just on site training, seeing patients with our collaborating. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already in Durham for three years as an RN and I still trained for eight months as an NP when yeah. I went on. So it was extensive training and it's it's not like that everywhere. So that would be something that I would really encourage people getting into Durham or signing on with um, a derm practice is really ask what what's my training going to be like? Like how am yeah. I going to learn? Because a lot of them, there aren't that many courses. Hopefully, I will be able to provide provide that for people really soon. But also the certifications, it's not like you can be a new grad and get that cert and then go look for derm jobs. You have to have so many patient contact hours in derm before mm. you can cert certify in it. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Because that's something like I've, I've always gone kind of back and forth on because I know, you know, a lot of places won't hire you if you're just like a nurse who injects, Mm -hmm. um, they want you to be like an NP or a PA, um, and some places just don't care. And they're just like, oh yeah, no, like you're skilled, you're knowledgeable, like Mm -hmm. here's your work, like your database, stuff like that. No problem. But there's there's always been this like little tug at me to attempt to go back to school. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, do I do a PA route? Do I do an MP route? Like mm-hmm. what's a better like direct to derm route? Because, you know, I like I do find myself missing NICU sometimes, but like I have like I'm never going back to the bedside. Like mm-hmm. you could I mean there would have to be major changes in our healthcare system that are just not gonna happen in our lifetime for um, to have like bedside work be like safe and safe pay and regulated hours and stuff. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. But if there's like a more direct route, like right into Durham, where like, you know, like I could treat patients for 
cancers or like cyst removal or like skin conditions and stuff like that, mm-hmm. along with mm-hmm. being able to do things in the aesthetic world. Because I love doing like fillers and mm-hmm. talks and like finding that like, like more of like a harmonious balance, you know, like the whole like symmetry and like having like one side of your face look exactly like the other. Like, yeah, it's just it's not. Like, you're never going to get there. No. Unless you're, like, Cara Delevingne or whatever her name is, and she just has, like, the most perfectly symmetrical face or, you know, like, yeah. it's just that rare perfection just, like, rarely exists in nature. But finding, like, a way to, like, balance people's features mm-hmm. is is so much fun. It's so artistic. Mm-hmm. We get to use both sides of our brain. You know, we're not sitting there with just like our scientific hats on. We get to be artistic and creative, which is something that I feel like is really present in like majority of nurses and like mm-hmm. NPs and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it definitely does come out in aesthetic and derm as well, though. Like you said, you it's there's an art to it. There's mm-hmm. really an art. But then you also have that, you know, medical side that you've got to know the anatomy and things mm-hmm. like that. So it is using both sides of your brain as far as going back and being an NP or a PA it it's ever changing but used to you would only see within the last i i would say like maybe 5 to 10 years because honestly we only had PAs when i was an RN at mm. my practice so mm-hmm. i asked my collaborating would you even hire me back on if i went to NP or do i need to go to PA and she said oh i just you know, I've never thought about an MP because a lot of PAs are trained in specialties. So mm-hmm. they'll do plastic rotations, they'll do derm rotations. Yeah. And whereas NPs, you don't really do that. You do outpatient settings like family, pediatrics, OBGYN. Why it's set up that way, I don't know if it's like a like a first assist type of thing, the way that they're trained. And then the um the curriculum requirements are different. So for a PA, mm-hmm. you don't have to have a medical background per se. Mm-hmm. You just have to have a bachelor's, meet the prerequisites. So for someone that doesn't have a nursing background, PA would be a great route to go. You just mm-hmm. need to make sure you have the prerequisites. But yeah. I would say it's a lot easier if you're if you have a nursing degree probably to go to an NP program, Mm -hmm. whether that's master's or doctorate, because you're just kind of continuing what you've done for the last four years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. But you can always do one of my colleagues. She's been in Durham for over 15 years. She was an RN. She worked in acute care. She did cardiothoracics. She did plastics. Everything is an RN for, I, I can't speak to, I don't remember if it's a decade or two decades, but then she went back and she did PA. And she's a PA with an RN background, so it can go either way. I think that's one of the cooler things in medicine is Mm -hmm. that there is, there's just not one linear route to your destination. Mm -hmm. And you really like, (laughs) I mean, a nursing degree, I think is one of the best degrees that you can attain because there's so much that you can do with it, Mm -hmm. but it prepares you for so many different fields. And there's just, yeah, there's just so much that you can do. Yeah, because recently, I mean, if you look into different jobs for especially nursing, I mean, you could work remote from home, auditing charts or being a clinical documentation specialist. Um, There are so many things that you can do. So like if you're out there, you're burnt out, 
you know, you have options. Don't freak out about a total career change. You can use your degree in different ways. Yes, exactly. So I'm curious, like, do you have a favorite thing to treat or do in office? I, as far as derm goes, my favorite thing is acne. It's just something when I see on my schedule, I am excited to see those patients because I feel like I have a different approach, which I was taught to Mm -hmm. look at that holistically, Mm -hmm. whereas at a lot of practices or I'll have patients come from different dermatology practices and they'll say, you know, they didn't go over complimenting products with me. They didn't go over what I should be using with the prescriptions. They're just throwing retinols at you. Yes. And giving giving them retinoid dermatitis. I personally, I think there's a time and a place for oral medications. I think we Mm -hmm. have it for a reason, Mm -hmm. but I also like to try to treat it without, you know, doing oral medications if we don't have to addressing, you know, what are you putting in your body as well Mm -hmm. as what you're putting on your body, things like that. So I would say dermatology, acne, I really, really love. And then as far as the aesthetic side, I just love Botox. You can do so much with it. And it's like within a week when they get it, people are like, I didn't realize my face could glow like this. I didn't realize yes. thing, like you can change your facial shape a little bit, like mm-hmm. lift the brow a little bit, lift the corner of the mouth. So Botox mm-hmm. is super, super fun, super versatile. And then if you don't like it, it'll just wear off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you can even fix TMJ with it. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many things that you can do, like, with headaches, with, you know, have you seen people, do you do this? Do you inject? I haven't. I haven't done the the swan. I haven't done that yet. Um, But it's like, it's multi-purposed, right? Like, Uh people, it's this really cool thing where... You know, if you inject your masseters because your jaw, like you're a jaw, like you grind your teeth, you clench your jaw continuously at night, like that muscle gets really big. You end up with a little bit more squared jaw. But like by injecting that muscle, what happens when we immobilize the muscle? It atrophies. You're not using it as much. So in that effect, yes, you can change like your facial shape and also get major pain relief. Mm-hmm. The trapezius muscles are also injected for I mean they call it like swan neck to like elongate the neck more but people who suffer from um like tension headaches and stuff like that Mm -hmm. too it's greatly reduced Mm -hmm. so it's (laughs) tox is a very cool drug (laughs) it is it's a very versatile product and also for like treating hyperhidrosis so Mm -hmm. it's not solely for fine lines and wrinkles the aesthetic of you know immobilizing the muscle but it helps with like sweat glands and stuff like that Mm -hmm. too yeah it's very cool very very cool i want to talk a little bit about acne Uh because we all struggle with it even as an adult you know we go through our hormonal fluctuations every month and adult acne is like the worst but also i was very lucky as a child like i did not have like the major inflammatory acne Mm -hmm. but the kids that did it was just always so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because it can be really disfiguring it can really cause a lot of like mental distress and depression and anxiety and you can really take a hit to your self-confidence 
And that's one thing I've always loved about your page is that like, A, you really try to encourage people and offer them really unique steps to take. You know, like you said, you look at treating acne more from like a holistic approach. And I'm like you, like, I don't think we take, and I was talking to some of my uh, doctor friends and stuff about this last night too. And they're like, no, there's, there's such a time and place for everything. Like my friend Vig is Indian and he's like, yeah, like if my stomach's upset after I eat, I like pop some cumin seeds. Like there's like, you can, there's a, there's a place for everything, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we, I mean, I'm not telling you to, you know, if you're having a heart attack, like don't put some take peppermint oil like on your temples, like please don't do that. Choose some aspirin and go call the call an ambulance. But I, I feel like we've done like a, a really poor job of making medicine very black and white mm-hmm. when there there's room to treat things, not just with pills, right? I totally agree with you. And I, if you would have, we were to be having this conversation five years ago, mm-hmm. my views would be totally different. You know, yeah. in, in beginning of my practice, I didn't look at the holistic side. You know, mm-hmm. it's not something that was talked about a lot. It's not research as much, but they are starting to do more research yeah, on for it. For sure. For sure. But I just see the differences in myself and the people that I do, my clients and my patients. Um, mm-hmm in taking a holistic approach. And for example, like in a lot of the extended providers at the current practice that I'm at, though, if you're 20 and below and you have acne and it is a cyclic um, flare, they'll say, all right, well, let's put you on birth control. And I, I think birth control is great. I think there's a time and a place for it. And it does sometimes help acne if mm-hmm. it has anti-androgen properties. But now we're starting to see long-term effects from birth control. So I don't think that that's something that we need to throw and put a Band-Aid on. Ultimately, mm-hmm. if we come to the end of a road and someone needs it, great. Right. But it shouldn't be the first thing that you're saying. Or, you know, someone comes in with severe acne and you say, all right, well, let's go ahead and just do Accutane. Mm-hmm. I think Accutane is a great drug. I prescribe it and we are very careful with that. Um, there are potential side effects in some patients. They do need it and it changes their life. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that that's the first thing that we should do. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. As far as like, I mean, I love medications. <laughs> I think they're great. Yeah. I think, I mean, but like, you're right. Like everything has its time and it's like appropriate place. Obviously, I mean, like things like birth control are, are very needed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that's a, especially in this climate, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, might have a, a, a great effect on people's skin, but also is, is needed to keep women safe. Yeah. But. But like it shouldn't be, oh, you're suffering from acne. Oh, here you go. <laughs> here's some here's some birth control. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Sh- it should also be like, oh, OK, like what are you eating? Like what's your skincare routine like? Mm-hmm. Are you washing your face? Are you or are you just, you know, <laughs> slathering on like something on your skin, like a miracle serum, you know? Mm-hmm. But that was very tangential way of coming ar- back around to your like skincare um, courses and stuff that you're launching, especially around acne. I love that you offer so many different things to try. And it's like, 
it actually saves people money Mm -hmm. because if they can start treating these things like like acne or, you know, like a, a minor rash or like something like that, it's it's saving like clinicians um, time and like hours and stuff in the, um, in the office and the hospitals. But, and again, these are like minor things. We're not saying just like go to anybody's course and be like, oh, well, this person said to do this, but we have like a derm NP here who is giving you options on things you can try for your acne before coming in and seeking like more aggressive treatments. Yeah, for sure. And it, you know, I've had somebody before that, they came in, had a really good like chin jawline distribution of inflammatory lesions, you know, all their different acne types. And you need to make sure that you're treating them with the appropriate medications like inflammatory are going to need anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, comedonal or clogged pores are going to need more of like a retinoid that's going to increase cell turnover rate. So it's just you have to make sure you're treating the correct type. But it could be as simple as getting a really simple skincare routine with cleansers and moisturizers. But this specific patient came in and she's vegan. So she was supplementing with B12. That's Mm -hmm. very common. Mm -hmm. But B vitamins, especially six and 12s, can actually cause acne. Yeah. So and then she went. Sugar bear hair. So I know did that to me. Like I, you know, and I've heard this from a lot of people who like back in the early days of influencing yeah. were like, oh my God, sugar bear hair. Yay, great. Um, obviously this pot is not sponsored by sugar bear hair. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Um, they taste delicious, but they'll make you break out and they'll make your like hair grow really long too. <laughs> oh, what a plus. Um <laughs> but it's all B vitamins and biotin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so it was as simple as and I'm I'm again, it's all about balance. If you are vegan and you're deficient in 12, like there, you need that. But I suggested that she go have her levels checked because that's this, you know, the safe way to approach it. Mm-hmm. She was actually in a great excess. Um, okay. So she could still supplement, bring it down a little bit, and then her acne cleared. And we didn't need to do any medications or that's anything amazing. like that. Yeah. So yeah. Th- I mean, that's a specific instance in where there was a root cause. It wasn't necessarily that we needed to throw a medication at it. Um, it was just an inventory of what she was intaking. So mm-hmm. that's so cool. Skincare is so fun for me because I mean, like, I feel like I'm constantly learning new things every day. And again, that's part of what I love about being a nurse, part of what I love about being, you know, I love that in the NICU. There's always something new. But in skincare too, like there's there's so many different ways to treat. And especially for, for people too, they're like, oh, well, I want a clean, organic, like skincare line. A lot of these chemicals are naturally occurring mm-hmm. that we use. Mm-hmm. They are vegan. <laughs> they are. They, I don't know all the like organic regulations, but medical grade skincare is, is very clean. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people really realize that. No, and I don't think a lot of people really realize that clean is an industry, quote unquote, clean is an industry created standard. Mm -hmm. It's not being regulated. It's a marketing tool for people that feel like they want a, quote unquote, healthier product. Um, What I like to say is poison ivy is natural. We're not rubbing that all over our skin. So is bee venom. Remember when they used to make those lip glosses out of bee venom? Oh, yeah. No, I literally had a patient. It hurt like shit. Oh, yeah. That would come in and she's like, oh, no, I use bee venom on my face. I was like, your skin barrier is 
damaged shot. Yeah. Stop using bee venom on your face. Yeah, or like essential oils. And gosh, I did a TikTok and people came for me. The essential oils community is... They stand behind their products. They, You know what? That's one thing you can say about them. They stand behind their products. And listen, I think <laughs> essential oils are... Okay, I have essential oils, but I also they smell great. <laughs> I don't have a sensitivity to them personally, but I will have so many patients that we come in, they have a rash, we biopsy it. It's a spongiotic dermatitis, which basically means that it could be allergic, eczema, you know, an umbrella mm-hmm. of things. So I patch test them. And a lot of our patch tests, we test to the 80 most common um, skin irritants. And some of those are essential oils. Mm-hmm. And when those are positive, people are pissed. They're like, no, 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 no. I've been using this for years. It's never been an issue. You can develop allergies later, but essential yeah. oils without carriers. Listen, I'm not totally uneducated about essential oils <laughs> and they can be great for some things. Like my mother-in-law swears by them and uses them all the time and she never has an issue, mm-hmm. but you're going to have some people that do. So it's like a case by case basis. So I went down a rabbit hole there. But getting back to (laughs) things that are clean or, you know, essential oils, it just may not be for you. Yeah. You just might need a little different formulation, a little different like skin serum. Yeah. And people are like you were talking about against like medical grade. The reason they're medical grade is because they put actual like money and research behind these products to test their effectiveness and they're mm-hmm. more expensive because the quality of the ingredients are higher and they you don't need they, to use as much yeah exactly so it's not a bad thing and listen i have become a lot more on the woo woo or like crunchy side of things <laughs> as time goes by um i used to solely be like oh if there's not research behind it then don't even bring it to me and i'm not mm-hmm. like that anymore i think there's a great balance and that's that's what we're here for, right? To yeah. educate people, take it or leave it. These mm-hmm. are, you know, this is what I'm educated on and these are your options and we can create a plan together for that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You okay? <laughs> for everybody listening, Ben just like <laughs> spit her matcha latte on her sock. It's fine. <laughs> Good thing it wasn't scolding hot. Oh, God. My tongue, honestly, is still burned from oh. some, like, tea that I had yesterday. And I was like, My Like, taste everything tastes weird. are always swollen. I'm like, I can only half taste this, but it's still really good. So, whatever. Yeah. Um. Well, Vanna, where can... Where can people find you if they want access to your course, if they want to just get to know you, follow along with you, skin tips, all the great stuff. Where can people find you? Of course. So I am on Instagram and on TikTok as Vanapedia underscore NP. And then I actually have a website too, and it's yourskincareexpert.com. So you can find me on any of those channels. I will be talking about the course throughout the next months and when that's going to launch. So make sure you're following me on either one of those social platforms. I will say that I post more like personal things on Instagram and like updates. So that's a good place to be. Um, but either one of them are great. Awesome. I'm so glad you came on today. It was lovely to have you in my home podcasting studio of my one bedroom apartment. <laughs> it was amazing. Thank you for having me. I'm so sad Jack wasn't here, but we'll we'll do another one. We will. You'll meet her. She's in Scotland. She's living her like best life with like these like hairy cows and roaming like these beautiful moors and like I keep up with that. candles. 
on social and I'm so jealous, but so happy for her. I know she's loving it up, but she's very missed on this episode, but you will meet her soon. All right, everyone. Don't worry. Jack will be back next week. But in the meantime, make sure to check out Vanna. Uh, You can find her on Instagram, Vanna Padilla underscore NP. That's V-A-N-N-A-P-A-D-I-L-L-A underscore NP. Uh, She just has so much knowledge. I love her page. I've learned a ton from her. And I hope everyone who's, you know, been thinking about the aesthetic field or uh, the dermatology field that is feeling really burned out at the bedside. I hope you gained some insight and some help from this episode. Love you guys so much. Till next week, WOMED out. Mm-hmm.